It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, future international powerlifting champion and America's recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. And welcome to another episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. You know, we give a lot of general information, general um, strategies that can uh, help coaches. And we, we really have to do that, especially when we're writing an article uh, or things on the podcast, because we like to try to give something for everybody. But then we get into this kind of sub-level of, wait, does everything apply to every to every recruit? Or what if you have different strategies or can you have different strategies for different recruits? And that's what uh, the coach that we're going to talk to on uh, today's episode brought to us. So very specific situation. You might be able to apply some of the general concepts and strategies that we've researched and outlined and everything that we talk about here. But what what if you need and, and how do you approach specific recruiting situations, maybe by position, um, specific year in school, location, all the different things that really get detailed. We're going to dive into that today. And again, apply some principles, answer this coach's question, but also apply some principles that people can use no matter what their specific situation is. So um, coaches, we start the, the conversation uh, maybe just outline again the um, you know what you came to us with as a question that we kind of set the table for this conversation that we want to have over here over the next 20, 25 minutes. Sure. Uh, so we had an absolutely fantastic year this year, uh, winning the conference, going to nationals, uh, doing some great things. Uh, when we got to nationals, it was obvious as to what piece we were missing to take that next step. Um, we, we meaning myself and my assistant coach have um, done all of the things that we have talked about in the past. We meaning you and me right? Uh, about how to recruit, about generalization, contacts, all of those things. And we just have not been able to generate enough interest from the Pacific player that we need, uh, position player, I should mm -hmm. say, uh, to help us take that next step. So what I'm looking for is, is a way to maybe get that low-level D1, whatever kid interested in our program to help us make that transition into the, the next atmosphere. Right. So the first thing I wanted to ask you about was, or maybe challenge you with, or have you maybe define is if you had to come up with the reason why at a certain position, an athlete wasn't getting the same traction with you as other positions, what, what is your self-diagnosis there? Not so much about the strategy or the, or the process that you're using, but why, you know, why a specific position or a specific type of athlete? Wow. That's a, that's a very good question. Um, I've, I've tried and, to... And, you know, the, as you think about that, the reason I ask that, because a lot of coaches haven't really, um, haven't thought about that. Right. And so I, I just want to, you know, get, you know, sort of your, your perspective on maybe if you had to come up with an answer, even if it's not the right one or the perfect one <laughs> still, like what's your, what's your guess as to, you know, 
why you know what what why why the resistance when you don't see it maybe in other positions with other prospects so i have tried to evaluate this and being blunt i i don't know so okay. um we we have uh recruited all americans in other spots uh young ladies that have become our all americans i should say uh, but this one particular position over the last uh, five or six years is really not, I, I haven't been able to connect as well as I have with other positions. Um, I, I, being honest again, I really don't know why. Uh, I think we have uh, sent a very consistent message. I think we have, done a good job explaining who we are culture wise and all those things. Um, and I don't know if that's just not vibing with this particular position or not, but. Right. Um, right. Uh, yeah. It's, it's really weird. Uh, I mean, I really have thought about it and I just cannot figure out why. So when you are in contact to the extent you have contact with prospects in this position, um, what, what are they saying or what is the, if you had an objection that they're throwing out at you or if you hear or sense something that they're just, you know, they're not connecting with the rest of the story that you're telling, what, what would that be? Like, what, what are they, what, what is the, in the conversations limited as they may be, what are you hearing from them that kind of is, you know, that sends you on the, the thought like, uh Oh, here we go again. We're not going to get this kid. Uh, wow. So, I would have to say it's it's two things. Um, one, either they're not persuaded by the way that we do things because we do practice a little bit differently. We do run things a little bit different than a lot of other programs. Uh, or two, uh, the academic makeup of the school, I think, sometimes hurts us. Um, we're not a you know, school where a lot of kids come to to go on and get their doctorate degree, let's say. Sure. So I think that sometimes the players in this that play this position uh, have academic aspirations that are a little bit different than what we're able to uh, get them to. Did that, did that make sense in my brain? That yeah. made sense. I said it out loud and I wasn't sure. Yeah. No, and it, it's interesting because I think in different sports you do have different positions that uh, that sometimes the profile of the typical kid at those positions they have a very specific academic interest, very specific type of school. Whereas again, same team, same school, maybe there's a you know a different approach or a different set of goals for kids at another position. So that's okay. that is the interesting part of athletics is like when you drill down into recruiting um you know the just it's it's a it's just one of those things sport by sport and there's they're sort of rushing through my mind now of all the different situations that uh, how kids make the decision it's different position by position or event group by event group or sport by sport and um you know sometimes it's not even you know related to athletics it's just the just the way they want to make decisions. Um, you know, the, 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 so the one example that, that comes to mind frequently is, 
Uh, and we see this in our research. We hear it all the time from coaches in track and field, cross-country track and field, is that their cross-country and distance runner athletes almost always want to make that decision earlier. And they sort of get pigeonholed or planned as they're the planners, they're the you know, ultra smart kids who just want to, you know, they want to know where they're going to go to school and everything. And then you have other event groups that go way late into the spring of their senior year because, um, you know, I'm, you know, I've, I I want to wait and see because, you know, my sport, my time, I'm going to, you know, try to get the D1 scholarship and I'm fine with waiting. That's okay. I know I'm going to get a good education and, you know, I know academically I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm in good shape, but I just want to wait. And so, what you're saying, there's a lot of truth to it, and it kind of takes different forms, you know, around, um, you know, around different athletic uh, groups. So, my, I guess my first thing that I want to throw out some ideas, and then you give me the reaction of maybe you've tried these or, um, or you could see this working, is, you know, you described that your practice situation and even maybe the way some that you use that position is different than at other programs or what they might typically see uh, at other programs that they're looking at. I think it is really, really important that you acknowledge and sort of lead with the fact specific to that position that you approach it differently and here's how. And it sounds like you're doing that, um, but I would lead with it in the sense that uh, for your position, we're a really unique school, here's why. And I want to talk about it, but I, and I don't want it presented as something that comes out in the conversation down the line and they make their own connections that, uh oh, that doesn't sound like the way I've done it in the past. So do I want to do it in the future? Or, and, and who knows if that's connecting with something that a competitor is saying, Hey, you don't want to go over there after that position. Cause here's how they use, you know, here's how they use it. Um, so I guess my main, my main first piece of advice would be be upfront with how that position is done differently in your program and why you and this is the important part why you see them being the right fit for that position so sometimes the disconnect with kids is they see different and immediately different is bad different isn't for me i don't want different if i'm if you know i'm a kid i want what's predictable what i've been training for what i'm used to so without that definition you leave me to my own devices as a just as a human and i'm going to say well i want what i already know so that, that would be, I think, the first thing. The next thing is going to be, and this is probably going to be redefining it or even uh, a little bit of uh, Tom Sawyer telling his friends why it's, why it's fun to paint the fence white. And we need to, you know, everybody come paint the fence so that, you know, he doesn't have to be the only one doing it. And that is, I need you to define very specifically, here's why anybody in your position that plays this position should want to play it the way we do for our program, uh, not only because in, in this case, coach, you have the results to, to prove that your program works and it's working at a high level, but for your position, here's why you should want that. And I say that, be, and some coaches would dig their heels in a little bit and say, well, hold on, I don't want to force them or lie to them or you know, make stuff up. And I don't want you to do any of those things either. But this is really defining something that at this point in their athletic career, they just don't know how to comprehend or understand, if, especially if, they, if it's a different approach. Uh, that, that's what, that's what um, uh, you know, we, we want to make sure we do is define it, say, here are the reasons you should want to do that. 
Yeah, I'm not going to get into or, or put you on the spot to say, okay, so make up those reasons right now in front of everybody. But as you go through, I have to look and assume that I'm always going to take the worst case scenario with an athlete and, and assume that they're going to come into the conversation at that position thinking this is not going to be right. So my challenge as a recruiter then is to not only make it uh, sound right, but I need to give them a path that's, that says, here's why I'm talking to you and you specifically, I think, could get this done. Um, so that that would be the first set of things that, you know, that I would approach or the first piece of advice at the starting point, because what we have to do is in in recruiting uh, and, you know, we've been to your campus before. I've known you for a long time. So we've this is not you know, all new to you, but I'll say it for anybody that is not familiar as much with it. You know, the goal of the recruiting process and you as a recruiter is to get them to continually take steps forward through the process. So the first thing that we have to get them past is this maybe objection or perceived objection that they would have for their position. Something very specific that you that, that we're talking about here by position. It's different. And so I need to get them past different is bad. Um, okay. If I do that, then I can move on. And there's, it doesn't mean that we've solved the problem or completely answered it. But what it does mean is I at least get them saying, okay, I'm back to neutral on that. I had maybe a negative perception at first. Now I'm back to neutral. And the reason we want to do that as one of the first conversations, because the, the thing that I don't want to do as a coach is take an athlete not mention it or wait to define it, hope they get interested in other aspects of the school or the program first, and then I'll sort of lightly, maybe we can figure this out down the road. Because then what you've done, I think, and I'm not saying you're doing this, but it happens with coaches, I've seen it, that they put all this time and effort in hoping that that this isn't going to hurt as much when we finally talk about, you know, in this case, the position and how you use it differently. And what we find is that they almost always go then back to square one, that all the gains we made with all the things they fell in love with have been erased. And now they're right back to, oh, hold on a second. You know, I, I, I've got this thing that now is, is stopping, you know, is, uh, is stopping everything. It would be the same if, um, you know, we're, we're talking with coaches a lot right now, you know, the, uh, the cost of the school. So, money and the economy and inflation and everything is really affecting the way that parents and athletes are going through the recruiting process in terms of the, um, you know, just, you know, what types of schools they look at. Can we afford it? So coaches traditionally have sort of pawned off, maybe that's too harsh of a word. They have, they have given over the responsibility of talking or bringing up finances by saying, look, you need to talk to financial aid about that. Um, and certainly a lot of coaches at a lot of levels can't determine what you know the final cost of a college is, but I, as the coach, have got to know, are we in the ballpark with this family? Because if we're not, then if I coach at an expensive school, there's no point in me you know, recruiting the athlete who just is expecting a full ride. We don't have it, and so they're not going to be able to be there. So this sort of falls into that same category that I want to eliminate and attack and sort of address objections right at the start of the process so that we, we don't have to solve all of them, but we have to get them to neutral so that they then listen to the rest of what we have to say. So I'll pause there because I threw a lot at you. Um, Follow-up questions 
from you on that. Tudor University has been the standard for advanced training and education for college coaches who want to truly learn to recruit effectively. And now it's all new. The latest techniques, the newest trends, and how coaches need to change their approach with this class of recruits. For ongoing education that will help you run a better program, go to dantutor.com and click on the Tudor University button to see why coaches everywhere have trusted it for more than a decade. And now, back to the show. Sure. So, I do some of that. How okay. is that? Yeah. Uh, so, we do acknowledge in that very first phone call that we're a little bit different. Uh, one of the conversations we have is that I'm, I'm aware that we do things different and it might not be for everybody. Um, but we don't do, we don't specify by position and as to why I would think that the player I'm talking to would be Mm -hmm. good for how we do things. Um, and I got to figure out, I, I really like that, by the way, Dan, I, I think that would really help if I said, Hey, Sally, you're, this is why I believe that you'd be a good fit for the way that we do things. And I do not do that. Uh, with but, this, and, and I would coach, I would actually go one step further because okay. the way that you just described it was we kind of, we acknowledge it. We, um, you know, we kind of define that we are different I would yep. shift that a little bit to the fact that when you're talking to one of these athletes at that position, okay. you know, talking position here, it could be from that region of the country, from this uh, um, you know, academic approach, you know, private school versus public school. I mean, everything there, there's whatever the difference is that you do differently. Right. Um, I would say instead of acknowledging it, because that when you said that, I sort of flashed over to the politician at the press conference finally acknowledging the mistakes that they made and, you know, right. okay, I told the truth. Well, yeah, but you probably were forced into that. So we don't want to do that. I don't think I would, I would approach it instead of acknowledging it. I would lead with the fact that look, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you because you play this position is because we really approach it differently. And I think it's one of the coolest ways to play your position at the college level and Obviously, that that has it's working because you look what we've done at a national level in our sport. Um, so I want to approach it as this is exciting, and we're the only ones who really do it this way. Um, you know, so okay. first of all, I, I just approach it with that um, with that excitement. But then you're going to have to prove and show that the way we do this, yeah, it's different, but you're really going to like it. It's a, it's a cool way of doing it. And it's, you know, it's going to stretch you as a, as a player, however you want to, you know, phrase that I would go in with excitement and it's cool and it's different. Uh, and, and again, I, it would be helpful if when you have those recruits and you know, the, the what I know about you is that you probably do have notes on the recruits. You're not, just, you know, going yep. in, you know, you're getting 80 names from a recruiting service and just going down the list. You're, you actually know something about the player. So the more, and this is the other, the, probably the second big recruiting point that I want to make, the more that you can tie what they do specifically and the way they play or the system they're coming from or anything about them specifically as a player that fits this model. And that's why you're interested in them. That's why specifically you think they could be good. 
that gets me four or five steps ahead in my mind as a prospect as to why I should be interested in this program. Because now you've separated yourself from being just another program, just another coach that's talking to me about coming and playing my position there. There's now a reason that I almost, I now know what the decision is. Do I, do I want to play in this system and do it the way that this coach does it? And you know, that they'll ultimately they'll decide that yes or no. But what I have to do is get them past the point of, of being uh, where it's an objection or something that is negative or that we sort of apologize for or lightly dance around and, you know, man, I want to lead with it. And, and, you know, and, and, uh, and hopefully the next time or when they come to campus or when they talk to one of the current players at that position, that player is going to say, oh, yeah, it's different. But, man, is it great. And, and you know, here's what I love about it. And, or, or maybe they just say, yeah, you know what, it's, it's basically the same thing we do, you know, I did at the club level in high school. But here's how, you know, we do it here. And it's, it's fine. Really what we're going to do is try to neutralize the objection. I don't even have to get them completely bought into wanting to do it that way, but I have to get them at least neutral where I say that's not going to be the thing that prevents me from moving forward in the process because there's going to be a lot of other things in the process. Do I want to go to school in that part of the country? Do I want to play, um, you know, at, at you know, that, you know, a, a right. high or that, you know, or a low division level or um, do they have my major? Like then we can move on to all those things, but we then are still now where you're at, where you're not at right now is you're not in the game with that, with, with high level kids at that position. Right. That gets us in the conversation to move past the, the starting point, if that makes sense. Yes, it, it does. Uh, so follow up to that. Yeah. Uh, so we've had, uh, like I said, very good success in bringing in all American type kids to other positions uh when a particular position do you think they would go online and say hey you've had all americans here you've had all americans here but not where i'm at uh what do you think that would stop a kid from looking at us because maybe they're thinking in their heads that we don't train that spot well or it's um, that that uh is that me being a coach thinking too hard into what's going on? That is, that is probably, well, I mean, look, yeah, I, you've heard me call myself, I'm Mr. Worst case scenario guy. So I'm going to, I'm going to assume that that might be going through the mind of some of them or some of their high school club, personal coaches, depending on the sport that right. they're in contact with that are analyzing that or saying that, well, yes, if, you know, good academic school or they play good overall ball, but no all Americans at the, you know, at that particular position. Right. On the flip. So that could be happening, but on the flip side of that, um, I would say that's probably in 90% of the cases you overanalyzing as a coach, which coaches do. We love to do that because we're, you live this every day and, and, <laughs> and you, and you see the awards go out and you see the voting and you see who made it, who didn't, I'm, and we didn't make it again. And so that becomes sort of, you know, laser focused. And for the kids, you know, they're so far, you know, it pointed in another direction as far as what they're interested in. Okay. You know, so if I had, but let's play this out. So if I had an athlete 
that said, but coach, no All-Americans at this position. Right. Um, you know, so my response as a coach would be, yeah, that's right. Be- and I, frankly, it's because, you know, because we do this so differently and uniquely, um, it, you know, it sometimes it'll scare off somebody who just wants to stay with what they know and they don't want to stretch themselves as a player. So we, you know, athletically sometimes haven't gotten that, that next level kid that really we need, but right. Sarah, that's why I'm talking to you. So you fit the profile of somebody who could be an all American. Um, and, you know, and then go down and, and then go down that road with them. The other question I would ask is, being, a, you know, if you were an All-American here, or maybe I'll, I'll flip it around the other way. So if you came here and you never won an All-American award, but you went to nationals every year, high level, chance at a at a championship, uh, right. started for three or four years, did your, is, is that going to be a bad career for you? Let's just say you never did earn an All-American spot. Is that going to be a, how does that affect you in the long term? Okay, and, gotcha. So, so because what we see happening is all of these, all these people around them, their coaches, their friends, their parents, are looking, and they do dive into the micro stuff a lot, right. because they're trying to break a tie. They're trying to to figure out who do we get serious about, who's a good program. Well, aside from a, a handful of sports that have professional opportunities after after uh, after college how is that really going to affect you? You know, and so one of the things that we have seen, you know, this argument done successfully is when you coach at a small school and the kids are looking at a big school. Well, I want to go to the big school coach because, you know, more friends, more people, there's more stuff to do and everything. And, you know, for a coach to say, I completely get how you would think that, but in reality, your best friends are going to be on the team, same number right. of team members here as it would be at a at a larger school. And how many friends do you actually have? You probably have five or six or ten close friends, and that's every every kid at every school. Uh, right. And so you're going to get that here. So in actuality, you're going to have just as much fun here as you would at the big school. And of course, if in in coaching at a large school, you can make the same you know, the same association with, um, you know, quality of personalized academics. So, well, maybe I want to go to a small school and have the smaller class size. Well, make the case that it's just the same here. We'll be back to the show in a minute. But first, have you heard about Busy Coach? It's the organizational resource college coaches rely on from Mandy Green, our trusted voice when it comes to running your program, creating more time in your day, and becoming a better leader. After the podcast is over, head over to busy.coach and find out about all the tools she's giving coaches around the country. And now, back to the show. And, you know, part of what uh, maybe the theme of this talk has been, our goal is not to have to beat another program or not have to beat uh, a an objection and prove that they're wrong and we're right. It's really to neutralize it and get it to even. Okay. So, so again, academically, there's another school that's better than your school in in some rankings. Um, you know what? I, the general approach would be: Look, I'm not going to tell you we are better than 
so-and-so university academically or as a business major, you know, we're going right. to, you're going to get the same great education there as you would here. No difference. You're going to be able to go out into the world and use that degree. So either one you choose academically is, is going to be great. Now, so what are we done there? We're not trying to beat them and downgrade the other school. What we're trying to do is say, we're the same. So either way you're set. So let's take that off the table. Now that shouldn't be a way you're choosing the school. It should come down to other things. And then I can set up what those standards are for those, those other things. So final thought or, or question here in the, in, you know, in the, the next minute or two. Sure. Uh, so I, I absolutely love some of the things that you, you have thrown at me and I obviously have a lot of thinking to do. Um, with, with all of the things that you threw at me, uh, what would you say is the most important one of them? So is it making the case for, hey, even if you don't become an All-American, we're still going to compete for titles every year? Is it selling that, yes, I know we're a little bit different, but this is why I believe that you're a great fit for our different yeah. What what would you say if I need to focus in on one? Yeah, would be the most important one. No, smart question, and and you know, especially in sort of launching now into you going and, and doing some of this. You know, whether it's this topic or something else, when you start recruiting an athlete, it should always be focused first on why you like them and how you see them fitting into your system. Why is that? Because. I'm not going to assume that they're interested in hearing about our school. In fact, I would, again, Mr. Worst Case Scenario guy, I'm going to assume they probably aren't that excited about hearing from me. No matter what division level, no matter what, you know, no matter what I've done, I'm not excited about playing there. I haven't grown up dreaming of playing at your school or that program. Um, I, there's always somebody else that I'm more excited about. So I'm not ready to hear about or be sold on the school. Because frankly, also I'm at, at high level, you know, high level kids are probably making their decision based on the athletics and we'll figure out the academics down the road, but the athletics are the most important. So yes. I would focus on, on them and how, why specifically you're talking to them, why they fit into this particular system and in this case at this position and then down the road, you'll, so you'll know, Coach, when to start talking about the school because the question will come up, oh, hey, this all sounds great, but so business, do you guys offer a business degree because I want to study business? That might be three weeks into the conversation or the fourth or fifth phone call. Now I can start selling the school um, because I'm ready to, um, now I'm ready to hear it because I've, I've checked off the boxes athletically. Um, so again, defining why you're interested in them specifically based on skills or something that you saw when you were scouting them or saw them play okay. and assigning that to this very different way we approach this position and, and explaining why they should want this in college. Uh, those are the first things. And of course, then it can go down eight different roads, but that, that is the priority for sure. Okay. So if, if I have time, uh, how do I then bring, that into a kid that we've already reached out to that maybe isn't responding uh mm -hmm. can't is should we move on 
and say, because there's still a lot of kids in those in that particular position, of course, yeah. or I reach out to one of these kids say, Hey, I know that we started this way, but I want to explain to you, this is why I went after you in the first place. Does yeah. So whether it's at the start or again, you're in, you've been tried to be in contact with them and it's six months into the recruiting process. Right. Um, kids tell us all the time, if we have, we have had them define the steps of the decision process and what do coaches need to do? What's, you know, you know, steps number one through whatever. The first thing they tell us, the first thing they say is the responsibility of the coach is get our attention. Coach, okay. it's up to you to prove that we should pay attention to you, which I think is really insightful. And you know, give them credit for identifying that. It makes sense. So for the kid that is increasingly non-responsive, first of all, I would never take anybody off the list because there's a lot of kids that might be dreaming of one particular school. It doesn't work out there. Everybody else that scouted him has dropped off. And if you're the patient one that has kept on reaching out, then in February, March, the call you get, hey, coach, it's me. Um, hey, sorry, I haven't, you know, um, haven't responded. I've been busy playing two sports. It's cool. But I'm interested. Are you still looking for, you know, my oh, position? Perfect. So keep them, on the, keep them on. To get their attention, though, I would, you know, if somebody hadn't responded, I'm going to be general. You can make it specific, but I would go short, short, short with a with a, a reach out. So either a text or an email, whatever your contact method is, and maybe for those kids, just say, "Haven't heard back." I'm assuming you don't want to hear what we'd have to offer you? Question mark. And that's it. Okay. Nothing else, because you know, if I don't hear back from that or a series of those types of questions then probably I would take them off the list because they're, um, you know, either I have the wrong number, I have the wrong email, or they're just, they're not interested and they're not good at telling you they're not interested. Gotcha. But, but proportionally, the shorter the message, the better in terms yep. of getting a response. The longer the message, the more information you give, um, especially at the start of the process, less of a chance that I will get that uh, that response from that athlete. So okay. I would just go short and don't be afraid to make them, you almost want their reaction when they open it up or see it, go, what? What's he talking about? Because now I'm curious, I may have to respond just to figure out what What do you mean what you can offer me? What What can you offer me? And let's say you're a division three school. Well, wait a minute, you don't offer athletic scholarships. Or if you're you know, a division one. Well, you know, hold on. There's something else. I want to cause a little confusion because that's actually what gets them to break through and, and respond. If that makes sense. That made a lot of sense. And I will be doing that shortly. <laughs> that's awesome. Good <laughs> questions. And a lot of coaches bring this up, which is why I wanted to talk to you. So I appreciate you um, being on the, the podcast and, and just talking through it. And I think it's going to help I think it'll help you. I, I, I know it'll help other coaches who got to listen in. It will definitely help me. As always, Dan, I greatly appreciate your time and uh, all the help that you have given me in my program. College Recruiting Weekly is a production of Tudor Collegiate Strategies, copyright 2022 through 2023. To contact the host, email him at dan at dantutor.com. And do us a solid, coach. Rate and review our podcast right now. Plus, it wouldn't kill you to tell your fellow coaches about it, would it? So do that, too. And stay tuned for the next amazing episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. Oh.